Welcome to Season 2 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes, In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 29 of Season 2 is entitled, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. The caustic sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, written and preached by Jonathan Edwards in 1741 to Christian congregations in Massachusetts, has influenced Christian theology in America for over 300 years. To Edwards' credit, he is teaching that Christ's atonement makes it possible for us to avoid eternal punishment. It is clear from the tone of his message that Reverend Edwards doesn't want anyone to suffer such awful punishment. However, for some, the idea that Christ is merciful gets lost in the harsh imagery of Edwards' sermon. It is no wonder. In his sermon, Mr. Edwards said, If you cry to God to pity you, he will be so far from pitying you in your doleful case, or showing you the least regard or favor, that instead of that he'll only tread you underfoot. And though he will know that you can't bear the weight of omnipotence treading upon you, yet he won't regard that, but he will crush you under his feet without mercy. He'll crush out your blood and make it fly, and it shall be sprinkled on his garments, so as to stain all his raiment. He will not only hate you, but he will have you in the utmost contempt. No place shall be thought fit for you, but under his feet to be trodden down as the mire in the streets. How would you like to walk home alone through the black forest on the dark night, laden with sins and burdened by guilt, after a sermon like that? You would see the red glowing eyes of a smiling devil behind every tree. Contrary to the tone of Mr. Edwards' sermon, Christ does not enjoy our suffering. If he did, he never would have atoned for our sins by suffering the penalty of the law of justice himself. It is because Christ feels pity for us that he took upon himself our sins if we call upon him and repent. It is a misunderstanding of the mission of Christ to think that he does not pity you, that he will crush you under his feet without mercy, that he will hate you and hold you in the utmost contempt, or that no place will be fit for you. Mr. Edwards is describing a world of justice without mercy, a world of fear without Christ. In other words, if Christ had not atoned for our sins, we would be entirely subject to the law of justice. He is describing in metaphorical terms what would inevitably happen if Christ had not paid the price of a broken law. Justice is without mercy, but Christ satisfied the law of justice for the express purpose of showing mercy. In defense of Mr. Edwards, if we do not call upon Christ, if we die in our sins with no regard for repentance, then we must satisfy the law of justice ourselves. James tells us, For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy. James also said that mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Christ never enjoyed our suffering. Everything he did in life was to prevent us from having to pay for our sins. All that he asked was that we call upon his mercy, repent of our sins, and endure to the end. In Gethsemane, he felt the pains sins, and sicknesses of us all. He died on the cross to prevent our punishment. Because Christ suffered in Gethsemane to the extent that he, the greatest of all, bled at every pore, 
He understands the exquisite intensity of the punishment exacted by justice. He recoils at the thought that we may deny his mercy and have to pay for our own sin. Christ invites everyone to come unto him. In Revelations 22 we read, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. However, he cannot force us to come unto him. He cannot cheat justice. Because of justice, there is hell. On the one hand, Christ, because of Christ's atonement, if we don't repent, we have only to pay for our own sins. Nevertheless, we must satisfy the law of justice if we don't meet the conditions of mercy, and justice shows no mercy. Everyone in this life understands remorse, guilt, pain, regret, sorrow, and suffering. But no one understands hell, regardless of what they may suffer. Even the image of a lake of fire and brimstone is incomprehensible, though we all know what it is like to burn a finger. Our mortal bodies could not tolerate the intensity of such suffering. Whereas I cannot accept the literal nature of fire used to describe hell because spirits are immortal and not subject to physical pain. But what difference does it make if the fire of guilt is literal or figurative, if the intensity of the pain is the same? Only an immortal spirit could suffer such a thing and not succumb. Earthly pain is but a foretaste of the spiritual pain that Christ, who suffered the full penalty of the law for our sins, wants us to avoid. We live in the shadows of eternity where everything is larger than life. Like looking at objects underwater, things appear larger and closer than they are. However, all of our love added together and multiplied many times does not equal the love of Christ for us. All of our pain added together and multiplied many times does not equal the pain Christ suffered for our sins. The entire purpose of Christ was to help us avoid the penalty of the law of justice. But even Christ cannot force mercy upon us. We must call upon Him, or we must pay the full extent of the law. We know that Satan, his angels, and the other sons of perdition will suffer the second death, but that does not mean everyone must remain in hell forever. Whereas mercy cannot rob justice, because Christ satisfied the laws of justice, justice cannot exceed its boundaries either. Once a person has paid for his sins, justice, because of the law of mercy, must release him from hell. Please read Revelation 20, 12-13. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works. The final judgment comes only after the resurrection. That means that the righteous will be judged first, because Christ paid for their sins. The wicked come forth in the second resurrection. During that time, while awaiting the resurrection, their spirits must suffer for their sins in hell. Christ said, Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out thence, till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. Matthew 5.26 But they do come out. 
Only Satan, his angels, and the other sons of perdition suffer the second death. John reveals, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The apostle Peter said, Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? For, for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober, and watch unto prayer. And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. All that we are, all that we do matters. Having a Christ-centered life matters. We choose our own destiny. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.